You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, organized team activities continued at Arrowhead Stadium, and it was a busy day at the podium. We heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as well as defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo and quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy. We also heard from defensive line coach Joe Cullen, linebackers coach Brendan Daly, and wide receivers coach Joe Bleemeyer. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo, then quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy. After that, we will take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from defensive line coach Joe Colon, linebackers coach Brendan Daly, and wide receivers coach Joe Bleemeyer. Here's head coach Andy Reid. A couple of hamstrings, and guys are fighting through that. Um, good work today, uh, both offensively and defensively. For what we can get done, it's, it's great. Uh, mostly throwing when we're in team periods. As a matter of fact, it's all throwing. Um, but it's good for the back end. It's good for the receivers to work as we go forward. And then the O-line and D-line, they, they can't, uh, you know, we've got to really control that. So that's what we do out there. And you don't see a ton of pass rush because of that. So um, so anyways, but good work. I, I appreciated both sides and how, they, how, how they've done that. But that time's yours. <clears throat> Yeah, it's good to have him back. Uh, a lot of experience, obviously. Um, haven't been where he was, and and um, uh, he, you know, he's a good person, and he, I think he's good for the quarterback room. He, he'll, uh, you know, he's been there and done that before, and uh, has a lot of experience under his belt. So, uh, great to have him back in there. In, in what ways have you seen him grow from his time as coordinator now that he's, you know, been in charge of the team? Yeah, well, I mean, having to handle everybody and everything, he's he's calm through through those situations uh, that we've had. I mean, we haven't had a whole lot going on so far, so but I'm sure that's where we'll benefit him. Other than that, he's he's Matt Nagy. Uh, I like the relationship he and EB and the other coaches have. I think that's important, and uh, and that was one of the reasons of bringing him in, uh, um, seeing if he'd sneak back here in the Kansas City. So. And you uh, mentioned a minute ago a couple of hamstrings. Who else? I'm not going. Whoever wasn't out there, they had some hamstrings. I'm, I'm not. It's off season. I never do. I never do the injuries in the off season. Yeah. Coach, with the uh, Pat not being here today, um, a couple of the other guys got some extra rest. Right? How beneficial was that today? Yeah, it was great. It was great to, uh, especially the last two guys. Right. Chad's had a number, but the last two, uh, it's great for them and. Uh, you know, you saw some good things, and they're working hard. I, I, you can see improvement with Shane from last year, and working into this year, it's a lot smoother operation for him. Yeah. Coach, the fans get excited. They see plays on TV or on, on the internet about guys. How much can you really tell about a, a player this at this time of year? Yeah. So, listen, nobody's getting hit. Um, that's, and there's there's something to that. Huh? This is one step. The next step is you get banged around a little bit and your body's tired. How are you going to fight through it? And, uh, um, you know, mentally and physically. And so that, that becomes important. So the, the pace of training camp is a lot more vigorous than, uh, than what you're getting right now because of the contact. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go there. But I like what I'm seeing out here, but there's another step to it. Um, so it's good up to this point. Yeah, so um, it, it, uh, Brendan wanted to move move on and try something new, and he came to me with that, and um, I think that's good. I mean, I did kind of the same thing. 
with Greg on the offensive side. I think for these guys growing in their profession, uh, I think that's important if you can do it, if you have the flexibility to do it. <clears throat> so I was able to move Brendan up, and then, uh, I mean, Joseph, you know, he's got a great track record as a defensive line coach. So <clears throat> I think it's, it, you know, we didn't weaken things. It was, you know, we've got a good, strong core of, of coaches. So. Coach, knowing that you're, you got a lot of new players, where where do you feel like they are at in, you know, the new players coming in acclimating with the playbook and, and the offensive? Yeah, they're getting there. We're we're adding a load in every day on them, um, and they're pounding through it. So uh, I've been pretty impressed with how they're handling things, both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, that we can go out and execute and look like, we, we've played before, so that's that's a plus. We can get some work done. We'll go a couple more. <coughs> the assistant coaches there. Andy, I just wonder, um, in the first iteration with you, Andy, and, and Matt, just is there a memory that sort of explains how well you guys worked together that first time here and what you felt in that it might be even better the second time on the roles of Andy and Matt? Yeah, I, I think the respect that the guys have for each other, I think, is the main thing. Um, and they they get along. Uh, is there one thing? No, um, I wouldn't say there's one thing, but <clears throat> I could tell you that, that you don't have the there's no friction, jealousies, any of that going on. That that's uh, you, you kind of focus on those and and make sure that that's not. But uh, I didn't think it would, and it hasn't. So uh, the guys they they like each other, which helps. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're – every week you have something where you get in a tight spot. In this business, it's full of tight spots, and, and uh, it's easier to probably tell the, the friction than, than, than the, the good stuff, I guess. But um, they haven't – there's never been any friction there. So um, I, I would tell you it's been positive since they've been together. In whatever role, right? So we'll go Todd and Matt. Coach, I, I hate to ask you something I'm not sure if you know about. Tyreek Hill got this podcast coming out. They dropped a teaser for it yesterday. It's tough to discern exactly where this is going to go with the podcast, but it seemed to be an intimation that perhaps he was suppressed here, uh, play calling wise. I, are you aware? Have you seen that clip? I, I haven't, but you're good at asking those questions. You know, he shocked Jock, you know. <laughs> That's a pretty dumb question, but that's all right. We'll go on to another one. Let's go, Matt. Especially if you know I haven't heard it. I mean, that's not. Well, I don't know if you have. Yeah, it was I mean, yesterday. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Coach, I know you're limited out here in what you can do, but how beneficial is time, particularly for the new guys and the young guys that leave the training camp? They kind of know what's going on. Yeah, it builds a foundation. I mean, that's what we're doing. I'm not telling you, uh, you know, that it's not the hitting part of it, but it builds a foundation where you can at least get used to some of the tempo. You get the the base load of the plays, so when you get up there uh, and, and you you have these next few weeks here to get yourself in primo shape, you, you know what to somewhat to expect, and then uh, you can go up and play football and not be thinking or sitting in a cold tub somewhere trying to recover uh, and and not being able to function. So uh, this gives them a pretty good foundation for that. All right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, good. Thanks. Good afternoon. It's good seeing everybody back. I hope everybody's family has been safe and sound. Uh, it's 2022. It feels good to be back out there. Our guys have been working their tails off. Coaches have been working their tails off. Got a lot of new faces. Got a lot of excitement. Building a brand new foundation. And it's time to go. With that said, I'm all ears. You know, I've seen a pretty talented group. We got a lot of guys out there that can do a lot of different things. Got some bigger bodies. These guys have been receptive to what we're teaching them. Uh, I thought Pat did a great job of uh, getting those guys together down in, uh, in Texas to start developing that chemistry and start developing that timing. And so that helps, and it just carries over. But the communication has been outstanding. Those guys are working. We're establishing this foundation, and I'm, I'm, I'm fired up and excited about it. How 
Well, I mean, if you're in this business long enough, change is in inevitable. It happens. You know, you can always replace the uh, the player, but you can't replace the person. Tyreek was loved. He'll be missed. But now it's time for us to make sure that we're developing the people that we have and getting them to do the things that we need. And uh, I thought Veach and his staff did a hell of a job of selecting the guys that we bought in. Collectively, as a, as a staff, I think these guys have embraced the process. They all bring something different to the table, and that's the unique part about it. I think it's going to be a lot of diversity because everybody presents something different. So it's going to be new. It's going to be exciting. And like I said, it's, it's been fun. And you hear us out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because these guys are learning something new for the first time. And so that's what's exciting about it. What type of challenge is, is, is the real challenge does that create for you and Andy and Matt when you all are going back? Looking at everybody, just the skill sets, trying to figure out who to, who to plug in where at which particular time. It, it doesn't present any problems. Oh yes, it's a. You love the challenge. That's the beauty of it. And the thing that it does, because we've had so many people around for so many years, it forces us to go back. All right, to the foundation of establishing the foundation of building it and making sure that we're addressing all the little details of every concept. So to make sure that everybody has a complete understanding of exactly what we want and how we want it done. So it's been fun, and it's been fun for us as a staff, too, just making sure that we, we're, we are reteaching it the right way. Eric, how do you Matt and Andy back in the Nags is my guy. Me and Nags stayed in contact the whole time he was a head coach at uh, in Chicago. So it's been great having him back here. Um, Obviously, he's been a great year uh, with him having experience here. Obviously, a lot of things that we've done is familiar with it. Uh, so it's been fun. It's been exciting. Uh, every day we talk about something different, whether it was his experience as a head coach or our families interacting, doing things together. So it's, it's, it's been good. It's a homecoming. Specifically, given his, uh, his last four years as a head coach, Oh, yeah. He, he brings a lot. Because of that experience, you know, there's different things. I mean, you know, when you talk about situational football, different situations that he's been presented, opening new ideas to us on how to view things, just different things on how to scheme and how to attack things. So there's a lot of things that Nags brings to the table just because of that experience that he has. And then on top of that, I mean, he's just – just a hell of a coach, you know, and plus on top of that, we just enjoy him being around. Coach, I wanted to ask you, Coach, obviously you're kind of the face of this whole Rooney Rule diversity stuff. You were at the meeting last week at the owners' meeting. Was there anything new that you learned? I mean, you've had what, a, a multiple, let's just say more than 10 job interviews with the league. Was there anything that, that you learned to do or that they did differently that you haven't, that you haven't learned before? Was it more dog and pony show? Was it something that you, that you took from it that – I actually thought the league did an outstanding job. So the thing that I loved about it, there was a lot of things. But one thing, as a coach, we always have an opportunity to interact with other coaches. So that was good, obviously having that interaction. The thing that we don't get the luxury of is having an opportunity to deal with the Tim Terrys or having an opportunity to go deal who's, who's the next Brett Veach, okay, who's the next Ryan Poles. That was exciting because now you get to meet the people behind the scenes that make things work in personnel. I thought that was great having that opportunity to interact with all the different people from around the league. On top of that, just sitting there having a conversation with owners and just everyday conversation, it, it just breaks down barriers, it breaks down walls where you can sit there, look someone in the eye, and have a legit conversation with them just about life. I thought they did a hell of a job. There was a lot of workshops. It was a lot of, you know, education-type deals. But on top of that, it was more of people who are in this industry, like myself, having an opportunity just to interact and understand how people view things when they're going through that, uh, that, uh, that interview process. But when you're interviewing them, are you, are you not meeting with the owners when you interview with them? Yes. Yeah. But it's a different setting. So, Darren, you got to understand, it's just like me and you. If I go down to this bar and you down there, we're going to sit and talk about different things, right? We may have a conversation about life, okay? What are some of your personal interests? What are some of the things that you value? So it's out of a business setting. It's a personal setting where you get to 
know people. And I think that's important because everybody don't know Eric Bieniemy, <laughs> And so I don't know all those owners. And I think the benefit in what the league did was, was huge because it not only gave me an opportunity, but it gave the Vance Josephs of the world. I know Vance has been a head coach. He gave the Terry Josephs of the world, uh, the Kerry Josephs of the world. I mean, I can go on and name so many different people. It gave everyone a voice and a view to see exactly from that window what it's like, okay, to interact with those people. But also on top of that, to have that opportunity to, to just say, hey, this is who I am. I just got to go get it. I just got to go get it. I'm not seeking any comfort. <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten it. For whatever reason, it don't matter. I'm going to keep knocking on that damn door, and I'm going to keep working my ass off to make sure that it happens. So my job this year is to make sure that we take care of the business that needs to be taken care of today to help us to achieve the goal down the road. But then it's time for me, when presented, to just go and get the job. I mean, you can always be better. I'm always going to take a look at myself, all right, first. I always make sure that I'm checking everything and making sure I'm checking every box. But, yes, we can always improve. And just like each year, even when we won the Super Bowl, what are some of the things that we need to work on collectively as a team? You always want to improve. So, personally, yes, I have to make sure that I'm always evolving because if you're not evolving, okay, you become like the dinosaurs. You become extinct. Eric, is it, is, it, is it tough, though, on, on that piece of it? I mean, you want to evolve, but is it tough when it hasn't gone your way not to feel like, what am I doing wrong, not to feel like you need to change something about yourself? I mean, when, in reality, yes, it is tough, but I don't let that keep me from doing what I do. I'm still alive. I'm breathing, and I have an opportunity to work with a championship team. So that's the beauty of it. And so the thing about it, like I said, I don't seek any comfort. I don't want any pity because this is who I am. I'm going to keep pushing, keep knocking, because when it's all said and done with, I know who I am, and I am comfortable with the person that I, I'm, I'm striving to be. Last one, Nate. Nate. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of football, how in this current form do you, Matt and Andy, get a collective one voice to Patrick and, and the other guys in the offense, and how might the previous – it's it's been the same way since coach has been here it's always been a collective deal whereas we're always looking for ideas okay obviously me and coach are going to always have the final say so but we always want collective input we're going to ask for collective input from from greg lewis we're going to ask some collective input from matt Nagy, dave girardi joe blameyer all right coach andy heck that's the beauty of what we do, and that's why I believe we've been special over the past decade or so because of the input that we allow. And I think what it does, it allows us to, uh, to put the organization and the team first and making sure that we're putting our players in the best situation to go out and be the most productive. And then when we do that, hey, it's just time to chop wood and go win. In the kingdom, baby. <laughs> it's good seeing you guys. Thank you. Everybody's doing. Am I leaving the phone here? Yes. Uh, there's a little phone there. Good. I want to make sure I don't mess with anybody's utensils here. Any others? Good. Good to see everybody. Beautiful day. We had a great practice. Uh, good to be back at it. With that, I'll just open it up and let everybody fire away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listen, first of all, we're human, right? And their relationships are built, so I've missed people, you know, uh, the guys you mentioned, obviously, and others. Um, but in the profession as a coach, you, you know, you, you move on. We try to build and develop and come up with something else. The, the, the second part of the question with uh, the leadership we just kind of look and see where it goes right now. Uh, some guys are natural. They step up, step up. I'm in the ears once in a while, you know, giving a couple of pointers here or there. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. We've had, I think today was the fifth OTA. Where we can actually do some of the blending. Um, but there's some positive signs. So hopefully it keeps going like that. Coach, it was an exciting first round of the draft for the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, with these two guys, why, why were you in support of the trade-up to go get Trent? 
Yeah, I mean, look at, uh, we were just sitting there waiting, let, letting Brett Veach and his crew do their work, and um, he's asking questions, and there's a lot, but made the decision to go up. We certainly love what we did because of the player we got. Uh, I think Trent's going to help us. Um, George, it was nice to have a second first round pick, right? And George was there. I think Brett probably went through all of that. Uh, we're just happy we got two really good football players and two guys that I think uh, are what we look for in character, uh, passion for the game of football, work ethic, all those things. And it's showing up right now. You see these clips on the phone and, and you said to George, uh, and it, you know, it was revealed that you were kind of waiting and hoping that yeah. why, why? You know, it was the, um, it was the Zoom meeting that we had. Well, I mean, of course, we had a lot of them, right? And there were other guys, obviously, in there that impressed me. But there was something about him that I said, boy, if we could get this kind of person in here, um, I think that would be an extra bonus in addition to the fact that he was a really good football player. But that's kind of what I was talking about when I said that. Any, any details of that you can share? Of the... Well, it was just, I don't, you know, it was... Um, so I, when we do the Zoom meetings, in that particular one, Joe Cullen's asking a lot of the questions. I'll hop in. But I'm observing, I'm watching, and I'm looking at the faces. You know, on those Zoom calls, the faces right there, right? Uh, and I'm just watching them. I'm looking at for body language. And, and this guy was just so into w what we were talking about. He didn't want to get off the Zoom call. You know, he wanted more questions. He just looked real hungry to me and a guy that was passionate about the game of football. And I think that's exactly what we got. We've talked in the past about really making rookies prove their worth yeah. before you put them in the lineup. Looks like just looking at the depth chart, Yeah. Is the teaching process going to be any different? Do you have to ramp it up a little bit? Isn't it? If that makes any sense with some of these guys. No, nope, there's no question about that. Yeah, there's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. There's youth. Um, the system's new to a lot of the guys, uh, even if they're not young. Um, I'm going through a eyeball. What should we do? Shouldn't do all the time. Now, I'm throwing a lot at them right now. Uh, and, they're, and they're probably talking that way. The vo volume's huge right now for a reason. You know, find out who can handle it, who can't. We'll never go into a game with all of this. Um, so there'll be mistakes out there that normally I don't think we would make. There's going to have to be some growth, you know, within the game, so to speak. There's gonna, we're going to have to live with some growing pains. I believe that. Uh, hopefully we can overcome them. Uh, but I think that's the only way we're going to get it to where we need it to go. Um, because you're right. You, you just look at the, some guys are going to have to step up there and play. I was going to go last year asking you about, you know, why you all didn't have more size, height-wise, uh, on the corners. On the corners this year, you all do have a lot of size with, with, the, with the picks that you yeah. utilize. Uh, what's that say, I guess, about the receivers that you're going to be facing? And then, um, how well are they acclimating to your to your schemes? That you know, with the learning process. Yeah, it's a, it's slow. I mean, look, at there's, there's a lot for these young guys out at the corner right now, and they're going against a pretty good group of wide receivers. Um, we're not, we're not even close to being there. We don't even know who those guys are going to be. But the length was important. I think the length's important to anybody in this league now because of the size of the wide receivers that you go against. Uh, we've always believed in that. I mean, when we had Breland and C-Dub out there, that's what we were looking for all the time. I mean, uh, LJ is a long guy. You know, I mean, we, we, we look for those kind of guys. So uh, hopefully that'll help us. But we got a lot, there's a lot of growth needed. Um, these guys are young and they've been in different systems and a couple of them are from small schools. So it's, We'll find out if it's too big for them. We'll know when we get in the thick of things. Well, just follow up on that. Obviously, you know, you are drafted the kid from HBCU. What was it that was special about him? That yeah, he's another guy that was – now, he was actually here. Josh was here. Um, you're talking about Josh, right? Yeah. Um, he was actually here in the building. And so we spent a good amount of time with him. I sat down with him. He was impressive in – the way he came off too, and then the length was big, and you know, when you listen to the whole stories and how he got there and why he ended up at a smaller school, and you sat there and said, well, there, well, there was a chance this guy could have been at a bigger school performance. So hopefully, he can be what we think he's going to be. Steve, more guys. Go ahead, Harold. <laughs> Steve, when you kind of reevaluate what you do from a scheme standpoint, from you know, obviously as a receiver to now, is there anything you kind of tinker with, or now just really depend upon what the new talent you have? Yeah, a little bit, little tinkering. Um, in certain spots, it won't be anything that you'll see. But I, right now, I believe what we got to do is we, we have a system that we believe in. There's a foundation of what we do, and we need to find out about the guys that we have now. There's a lot of unknowns I'm from a coaching standpoint. What can this guy do? Can that guy do that? Can he do the same thing somebody did last year? There, that may or may not be the case. So, it's and it's going to be it's going to take some time. I mean, I'm hoping that the 
you know, we're, we've got it figured out by the Arizona game, but um, we'll have something figured out by the Arizona game. We won't know one if to write one until the game's over, I guess. But, uh. Steve, um, uh, Justin Reed came in Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That it, it, this was done on purpose, okay. you know. Um, anytime you come into a new scheme, I think it's going to feel different. But uh, they'll, I tell them all the time that they're never going to go into a game with the, the volume that we have in right now. I mean, this is not going to happen. But if we get into the fifth game of the season and decide that we need coverage A from the library, it's nice to know that we've already at least done something with it. That's the whole preface for using the OTAs for that. Yeah. When you look at your uh, top group of rookies in terms of where they were drafted, both first-round guys, Cook, Chanel, I'll even throw Josh Williams in there. Do you see any common threads? I mean, I know there's a lot of different positions and a lot of different strengths and weaknesses. Um, any common threads among that group? They all look like, and we felt this when I think when we were evaluating, they, like they love the game of football. I mean, you've got you got to love this game. You have passion to play this game. I think that's the number one thing I look for in a guy. It's hard to determine it. You know, some guys will fool you, but I think all these guys do truly uh, have a passion for the game, and they all appear to be to this point. You know, guys that have football get it. That's the term I use. Football get it. They don't have to have 4.0 GPAs, uh, but they got to have football get it. And I think these guys have that right now. Thanks, good? All right. Enjoy the day. All right. Matt, are there, are you feel like after four years as head coach, there are ways you're better equipped to do the job you have now than you were four years ago? Yeah, for sure. It's been a, a really cool experience for me. Um, you know, when you, you go away and you are able to kind of build your own culture from what you learned being here before, um, my time here with Coach Reed and all of our, our great coaches here, to be able to go through what we did. And, you know, you have highs and lows and you learn, and you have so many different hats that you put on in, those, in that time. And you learn a lot, and you rely on the experiences that you went through. Um, and they're real-life experiences. So I didn't have that when I went into my interview with Chicago, uh, but I had four years' worth of real-life experiences of, a lot of different situations, offense, defense, special teams, how to deal with players, how to deal with media, how to deal with um, win, winning, out, you know, these conversations right here after a win or a loss. And what it does is it, it, it really allows you to grow, but it puts things in, into perspective. And I think in life, for me, um, a lot of my failures that I've had, I've tried to use to the best of my ability to make me better, um, whether it was as a player, throwing a pick, learning from it, or as a, as a coach, as you go through things, you want to use those experiences to make you better in the long run. And I feel like I'm still young in this profession, and I want to use my experiences in Chicago to help me be better here for our team here in Kansas City with Coach Reed, with EB, with Patrick, with, with Brett Veach, with everybody here. And there's a little bit of humility that you have to have to do this, but I, I, I really cherish it because you're doing it with good people, um, you're, we talk about being back in, I say, you know, we're, we're back in the weeds. You know, I'm back instead of 250 people you're responsible for, you're responsible for three or four. So, um, you know, my son the other day was saying, Dad, it's pretty crazy. You got, you got a little bit more free time, and, and uh, that's real. But I'm embracing that, and it's been fun. It's been, you know, to be back in that quarterback room with, with Pat and learning who Chad. I, I remember Chad. I was watching Chad since he was a sophomore in high school. I actually coached against him when he was a sophomore in high school. And he, he put up, like th as a sophomore, like 304 touchdowns. And I always remember, man, this kid's special. And now here we are, however many years later, and, and I'm coaching him here at this level. Um, and then to be in there with Shane and with Dustin, um, to be back with, with Coach Reed, to be back with Eric Bieniemy, the rest of the coaches on this offensive staff, it's awesome. And they're just good people that do things the right way. And it's, it's exciting for me. It's fun. Um, and it's, it's, it's refreshing. So I, I want to use this to be able to give back any way I can. But also, too, I think it's important. You know, Pat and I, uh, I had him as a rookie. I was able to see him and Alex grow together, that partnership, um, and see him grow from his rookie year uh, from game one to, the, to the, the playoff loss against Tennessee, see that relationship build. And that stuck with Patrick. That stuck with me. And <clears throat> now to come back, you know, four or five years later and see in that room how much Patrick has grown, it's amazing. Um, it gives me chills to talk about it because I also know his ceiling is even higher. 
and that's exciting for all of us. But for me now, you know, as, as Coach and I talk, you know, I just want to be able to do everything I can to help us and, and do whatever we can to, to be great. And, and they're, you know, in our quarterback room, for instance, you know, Patrick and Chad and the rest of the guys will help me be better as a coach, and I'll hopefully help them be better as players. Put it all together, and we roll. Yeah, I thought about it. I think uh, you know when you go through what I went through for those four years, and there's a lot of good experiences in there. But at the same point in time, there's a lot of things that that can you know make you think. Okay, you have you you're able to maybe sit out a year and, and sit back, reflect, refresh. But in the end, um, after I was fired, I, I had some time to to get away and to do that. And I think it got to to a point where. Um, it just made sense to get football's in my heart, it's in my blood, and it's in my wife's heart and my wife's blood too, you know, and my kids, they, they love it. And so um, why not come back to a great place, a special place, and, and get it going again? Doug took some time off after yeah. he left Philadelphia. Did you talk to him about his experience? I did, yeah. Doug came to, uh, to our camp last year, our training camp. He came and spent a few days, and we had some good talks about a lot of things, what, what we would do the same as a head coach, what we'd do differently. And um, I think every coach has their reason why they want to sit out or get away or, or get back into it. And for me, this is what was best for, for, for me, my family, for all. And it's just, I feel like it's a good fit. Coach, you, coach, you, talked about, you talked about the experience. Uh, you being in the, in, the, in the quarterback room with Patrick's first, mm -hmm. first season and, and Alex Smith, did you try to duplicate that last year when, when you drafted Justin Fields? And then also, uh, your relationship with Eric Bieniemy. you talked about your all, you know, standing in class communication. Any advice that you gave him throughout his interview process when you were trying to go to be head coach? Sure. So to your first question, um, th there was some similarities to what what happened with Patrick and Alex when we did that. But that's not the, you know, we were we knew it was going to be a little bit different because of the situation we were in with Andy and Nick uh, last year versus Alex when we were here, you know, five. Uh, five years ago, and and so some of that was the same, but a little different. I think to each their own, and um, you know, again, I, you learn through that process. And those guys, I thought handled it. Those quarterbacks handled it really well, and, and it it was um, you know it was to their credit that they handled it well. For EB, again, I just have so much respect for him as a as a person, number one, and as a coach. To coach five years with him, um, as a quarterback coach, and then as a co-offense coordinator, and then a coordinator, the relationship that we built. Um, you know, he's just, he's, he's very, very passionate at being a teacher and a leader. And he has his own ways of how he does it. And I, I think it's special, you know. And so we built a bond. And I think the beauty between the relationships we've had is that, you know, neither one of us have that ego where you feel like you know more than the other. And I, that, that's like, I, I come back here in, in my role that I just came from. And just to be able to, to see all the great things that have happened here since I've been gone, it's, it's been neat to learn more. And with EB, to see him now in this role and how he does things, it's cool, you know. And, and we just work with one another. We're together. And um, I'm just, I'm really excited to work with him for the rest of this year. Coach, you, you left and you saw Patrick and he had the, the 50 touchdown season, becoming one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. How much did watching from afar maybe make you look forward to this type of opportunity to work hand in hand? Yeah, it was, it was neat to see him do that right away. We were just talking about were you surprised? No, wasn't surprised that he did it. Um, he's a, he's just such a special player. I mean, he's rare. He's rare. And but then when Kansas City came to Chicago and you got to look across the sideline and see that dude over there, it's like okay, um, you know, maybe just score like twenty four instead of like forty two. But um, he's just he's I, I just I'm. I'm I'm so excited to be in that room with him and just to see the personality that he has. He has a great balance of how to be a great quarterback, but yet be a great leader. Um, uh, really, he's still coachable. You know, you think a guy like this, like you, you've done everything. You've won a Super Bowl. You've been to four straight AFC championships. Are you, yeah, he's, he's so coachable, and he wants that. There's a hunger there, and to me, that's what's, what, that's what's exciting for me. No. Yeah, it was it wasn't surprising. Um, uh, it was to me. It's just something that he has, and and I think um, we're very very lucky. So sorry, I can't get fined. <laughs> hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called "The Future of Work," where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You just heard from Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnolo, and Matt Nagy. Now we will continue with Joe Cullen, Brendan Daly, and Joe Bleemeyer. First of all, appreciate everybody being here. And what a day out there for some football. Uh, my name is Joe Cullen, defensive line coach. Great to be a chief. Excited to be here. With that, I'll open it up for questions. Joe, welcome to Kansas City. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. What, what led to the decision? What made Kansas City the next place for you? Well, a, a couple things, obviously. Uh, it's a story, traditional program, uh, the Hunt family, Andy Reid, Hall of Fame coach, Coach Spagnola. Uh, I've known him for over 30 years, so, and uh, the win of this team in, in, in the last few years, and excited to be here and be part of it. Coach, what's your uh, favorite thing about Kansas City so far, just the team itself? i tell you what, the uh, starts at the top from our owner, from our general manager, our head football coach, just... Uh, you know, every time you step in the building, everyone's trying to get better. Uh, every time you step on the field for, for an OTA or a phase two day, just uh, chasing greatness and chasing another championship. That's what I love about it. What, what have you seen so far from George Kalaskis? I know it's relatively early, but just learning about him through the draft process and then seeing him on the field, just what's that process been like for you? I tell you what, you know, when we when – we, First started to, to really dig in and, and dive into what George was all about. Uh, there's been a lot of great guys that have come out of Purdue, and uh, the motor just kept showing up. And uh, the, the, more, the more we all watched him, and when he, when he thankfully he fell to that spot, if that's what you want to say, where we were picking 30th. And when, when we decided to take him, it was, it was a no-brainer. Uh, and then it's only even been better. I mean, Coach talked about slowing him down. He's a throwback. He's an old school, goes hard every single play he's on the field. He wants to get better in everything he does. And uh, I'm just really excited that we have him here. Your past has shown some hybrid alignment, 3-4, three, 4-3. Four, four, three. Is that kind of what we can expect here? And why does maybe the, this room fit what would you like to do? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part of that question. Your past and co- coaching alignments have shown some 3-4 three, four looks, 4-3 four, in the past with the Jags. You said, you know, like this hybrid type of thing. Is that something that you plan to bring here, and maybe why does the room fit? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, Coach Spagnola. I mean, I, th- I don't think there's a better defense coordinator in all of football. Uh, his track record speaks for itself. Uh, I think he's been involved with both schemes, and and uh, I think uh, I've been involved with both schemes. And you know, I think um, whatever the defense that he decides to call, we're going to do. And I think you know we'll be multiple. I can tell you that we'll be one with bringing a lot of pressure, all different looks. So. I think uh, we have all those variables that you talked about in this scheme here. Joe, what are your expectations this year for uh, Frank Clark and Chris Jones? Well, I'll tell you what, those are two of my favorite guys when I was at another place when they were coming out. Uh, I mean, I, I, I expect those guys to have career years and, uh, and play the best they have in, the, in their career. And if we do that, uh, that will elevate the whole team, and, and I expect that. And uh, those guys are working. This is voluntary. Uh, this is not mandatory. Uh, I've been in touch with both of those guys and uh, love the way they play and uh, love what they're all about. Any similarities you see with your time from Baltimore when you're a line coach from what you're seeing now with the personal on film and then seeing them in person here in Kansas City that you see that you can be like, oh, okay, I see kind of a rule for this guy that I've seen in Baltimore before, something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, got a, we got a great room and there's a lot of guys that will have roles. One thing Coach Spagnola will do and will try to do is give guys roles when they earn it. And I think there's a lot of guys that will play a lot of different roles for us in, in the fall. How does the, I mean, you've had some off-field adversity at times in your coaching career. How does that 
maybe influenced the way you approach coaching through the years and, and helping guys work through through tough times? And how grateful are you to have an opportunity like this? You know. Oh, this like I said, this is this was a no brainer when Coach Reed called, and you know, yeah, I faced adversity like like uh, back 16 years ago, and you know, never got in trouble, and then I get in a little trouble, and you become a better person if you learn from it and you move on and and you could possibly help someone out that's maybe in a tough situation. That's what I've tried to do. I mean, I love the game of football, what it stands for. Uh, teaches a lot about the game of life, and I think that's where it starts. And I think if I can help anybody go through a tough situation, then then I'm, I'm willing to do it any, anywhere, any place, anytime. Let's go ask one, Nate. Well, I think when Chris is on his game, there's not a better defensive tackle in the NFL. And you saw that in the, in the championship run. Um, I mean, there'll be different spots he'll move around within the nature of the scheme. And um, I'm excited to get him in here and get rolling. Okay, thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fire. How's everybody doing? Go ahead. Good. Hey, what went into your mindset as far as making the, the move to the linebackers? What was kind of your motivation you know, there was a number of things. Um, you know, we lost a really good coach in Matt House. Um, you know, I was kind of interested in evolving a little bit and challenging myself and doing something that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. I think that's how you get better. I think that's how you grow and improve. And so that was a, a big part of it from my perspective. Um, I felt like there's some things that I can add to the group and some continuity that, um, you know, we can maintain while with that transition as opposed to having someone from the outside coming in. So we were fortunate enough to, to um, bring Joe Cullen onto the staff who you guys just met with, I think. And, uh, you know, it all worked out really well. So I'm excited about it. I'm pretty happy with the talent you've got in that room with Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bowler. You've got some quality young guys to work with. Yeah, I would say that's been really fun to be a part of. Um, Brett Veach and his staff have done a fantastic job over the years in terms of bringing young guys in, Willie, Nick. Uh, we brought in a couple of veteran guys from other teams this year who've been a really nice addition. Um, we brought some rookies in and added them into the mix. It's been a fun group to work with, um, really good people who love football, and there's great energy. They're, they're fun to be around. When, where do you see Chanel fitting in? I mean, strong side, you see him in the middle. Where, where, do you have a sense for that yet? We'll see where that goes, you know. Um, He's been really good so far. He's picking things up. I'd say he's come in. All of those three rookies have come into a moving train in a lot of ways in terms of where we're at volume-wise. And uh, a couple of weeks into the off-season program, they've been inundated with a lot of stuff in a very short period of time. I've been impressed with the way they've worked at it and handled it. Um, I'd say we're still in the evaluation phase there. You know what I mean? Uh, We'll see how that plays out. He's done a really good job. We've worked him on at the Sam linebacker spot. We've worked him at the Mike spot in base and, or excuse me, in sub defense. So we'll see how that plays. I understand that your, your focus is, is day in and day out getting the team better. How much does maybe switching position groups lend to potential aspirations to be a coordinator or something like that? One I mean, I, that may or may not happen, uh, to be honest. It's, um, I do think just getting myself in, in, in into a different challenge is really what it's about to me. That's how, you, how I think you get better and you grow. And um, I'll be honest, it's been every bit of that, you know, every day. It's, you know, difficult. It's it's harder than, you know, it was when I was doing something I was in comfort zone with and familiar with. And that's been awesome to kind of force myself to work through that. So. Two more, Herbie and Nate. Hey, Coach. Nick Bowman seems like he might be the green dot uh, for your defense. How has he done so far these two weeks? I would say this. Um, I was very impressed with Nick a year ago and what he was able to do, particularly from a mental standpoint. He's one of the people that the more you're around them, the more impressed you become with them, to be honest. Um, he's grown from a mental standpoint, he's grown from a, a communication standpoint, he's grown from a leadership standpoint. It's been really fun to watch and impressive, to be honest. Like, it's pretty amazing the amount that he's handling at such a young age.
You know what I mean? I, there's times I have to look. Think that he's only in his second year now. You know, um, so that's been fun to see. It is. Yeah, it very well may, and um, I think we've, we've seen some some jump from Willie for sure. Um, you know, both from a leadership standpoint and from a, a football standpoint. Um, you know, he's able to do multiple things at this point. Um, you know, we flipped his position a couple of times now, from his rookie year to second year, and then kind of back again. And he's handling that really well. Um, I think that gives him a little bit of a more well-rounded and broad picture view of things as opposed to just knowing his position. Um, and that's been beneficial. I think that'll continue to help him moving forward. Yeah, I do think, you know, he's playing well for us. He moves really well. His energy at practice is great. His, you know, Willie's one of those guys who never had a bad day. He's fun to be around. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Yeah, uh, big shoes to fill. I don't know if one guy can do it, but um, the collective and the guys that we brought in, just uh, starting from scratch, teaching everybody, you know, what we do, how we do it, and then really, I think kind of the story still to be written about how we fill that gap. We'll try to um, emphasize each of the guys' strengths and let them kind of write how they fit into the roles and, and then where the offense goes from there. Yeah, he's been great. He uh, is the epitome of a professional. I mean, he comes to work. He's all business. Uh, he wants to know what he's doing, why, you know, the whole picture, the whole story, detailed. Um, the athletic ability, I think, speaks for itself. When he gets into the classroom, you kind of see how uh, he has gotten to where he's gotten. He is um, on his P's and Q's and wants to know and wants to learn not only what he's doing, but the whole offense. And I think part of that is coming He's had success individually, and then he's been part of a successful team, and that's what he did in his past. So that's kind of carried over, and uh, initial reaction, that's what it's been. It's been awesome. John, maybe there's more to his game than maybe he was able to do in Green Bay? Yeah, and <clears throat> whether there's more, we're not going to put him into a box here. Uh, they had reasons for um, how they used him in Green Bay, and we got, we'll see what he can do and how he kind of writes uh, his place here with us without putting them into a box and saying this is what you did in the past. They had specific reasons. Uh, we may or may not have those same specific reasons, but there's obviously things that he does great and you want to emphasize those strengths and then just kind of let him flourish and, and grow into the offense. How, how big and beneficial uh, is it for Josh Gordon, obviously him being there last year, but now getting a number of reps uh, this offseason and, and you know with the first and second teams, how beneficial and what are your expectations of him this, this season? Yeah. Uh, I have big expectations for Josh. Uh, like you said, the offseason here, when he got here, it was just as much as we could do to get him on the field and have him know one of his assignments. And he is extremely smart, intelligent. He knew he, he tackled all those uh, challenges, and he did what we needed last year. Now he can kind of understand why, get on the same page with Pat, understand the timing and how he fits in with everybody else. Just not only the reps, but the depth and the feel and him getting his stride back, realizing where he was when he was at the top of his game, how he was doing that. That's really where this spring is where I've seen him come this spring. And are you seeing him being more comfortable with the, with the play call and the playbook and stuff? Yeah, and he's always been comfortable with the playbook. I would say he's more comfortable with himself in the role, in the offense, in what he, we're asking him to do and then how he can do it. Last year, he was just so focused on what we were asking him to do. He was just not neglecting what has got him to this point, but now he's just kind of bringing it all full picture. In that wide receiver room, you, you, there's a bunch of guys that have been there, the new wide receivers, and they grow out. Uh, where do you see the, the, the leadership coming from? Yeah, it, it's really been all the guys, and that's one of been, been one of the um, impressive things for me to watch. We've had guys, like you mentioned, that have, have had success in the league, whether it's MBS, McColl, Juju, even Josh, and they're taking it upon themselves to even mentor and coach the young guys. So they're new to this system. They're learning everything that we do and how we do it as well. And then some of the nuances of route running, 
you know, transcend offenses. And they're able, with the success that they've had, to tell the young guys, here's how, here's what I was thinking, here's how I did it, versus all these different looks. Here's what coach is saying, here's how it plays out in real life. And having those, you know, three, four, five different perspectives from different offenses and different eras even has been awesome. <clears throat> Remember last year, you had, I asked you this question, how you saw that number two spot. You said it was essentially a committee of players. When you have a Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS now on the squad here, how does this allow you to go back to a more traditional approach of, of a number one, a number two, and a number three? Or is, or is it still a collection, and it depends on the opponent? Yeah, I it was probably still more a collection. And before I even answer that, we're still trying to figure that out as we go and let those guys kind of dictate where we go with it as opposed to saying he, you're one, two, and three, and this is what you can do, and here's what you, we want them to show us and showcase their abilities. And then as they grow and get comfortable with our quarterbacks, with our offense, with the roles that they've kind of carved out, then we can even narrow down and like uh, attack a defense or game plan for a specific opponent. But right now it's just kind of everybody feeling it out and, and writing their own story. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, there are um, there are ways that that can help and that can change the offense. And one of the guys, Chad Henney, in the quarterback room has played with a number of different size receivers. And he's even been talking to Pat a little bit about when he had guys of a certain size, how they would run routes, where he would place the ball. It won't be so much uh, scheme-wise, a totally different scheme, all new routes, a different system, but where the ball is placed, how they're uh, attacking a defender, what the court, what the version of open is for these guys will be a little bit different because of their size. Okay, thanks, coach. Thank More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.